Well, before we dive into the Word of God, I want to just kind of, uh, we are changing gears a little bit. I want to I wanna spend some time maybe this week and the following couple weeks on uh, cure, uh, uh, core values of our ministry, core values of our ministry. And sometimes in the past couple months or year or so, we have been, a lot of us, have, we have been challenged with so many obstacles in our life and you know not only as a congregation but also as individuals in our own families our own homes we all have been bombarded we have been hit by so many things in life that that have shaken our foundations in so many areas of our homes in our lives and i want to just kind of get us back and remind us our our core value core values of our uh, i have a hard time talking this morning uh, our core values of our church you know and and kind of put us back on track a little bit of, of what God wants us to do and God, where God is taking us as a church. And remember, and always, always, it helps us to refocus our thoughts and refocus our ministry, what the church is all about, what church is all about. And I want to speak to you for a few moments on that topic. And I want to start this morning with the topic of loving relationships. Loving relationships. Let me read you this story first before we dive into the word of God. It says here, once, once a couple was celebrating their golden wedding anniversary, this couple was known around town for how beautiful they got along together and how peaceful it was in their home. A local newspaper reporter was inquiring as to the secret of their long and happy marriage. Well, it dates back on our honeymoon, explained the lady. We visited the Grand Canyon and took a trip down the bottom of the Grand Canyon by, by a pack mule. We haven't gone too far when my husband mule stumbled. My husband took the mule by the ears, shook him vigorously, and said, that's, that's once. We, are, we proceeded a little further when the mule stumbled again. Once more, my husband took the mule by the ears, shook him, shook him even more vigorously, and said, that's twice. We didn't go on a half a mile when the mule stumbled the third time. My husband quickly removed a revolver from the a pocket and shot him. I started to protest over his treatment over the mule when he grabbed me by the ear, shook me vigorously, and said, that's once. Sometimes what we think is love, it's not. At Mount Zion... At Mount Zion, we value authentic, loving relationship. And as we examine our core values as a church, one of those core values have to be genuine love for people. If, if Mount Zion, if this ministry is going to thrive further into the, this coming century that we're facing right now, it's going to thrive by loving people. That's what... That's the heartbeat of God. The heartbeat of God is people. It's loving people. That's why we're preaching the gospel. That's the reason we share the gospel. That's the reason we witness people about the gospel. It's because we are in the people business. Ministries, a church, is in the people business. It's about people. And yes, we thank God for the stuff. We thank God for buildings. We thank God for all that stuff, technology, we thank God for all those things. But in reality, at the end of the day, it's about loving people. We believe that loving relationships should permeate every aspect of church life. 
that everything about our ministry is about targeting and reaching and loving people. And today I would like to consider two different texts in John's gospel that help us to better understand this core value of the church. First of all, loving relationship commands. It commands us, if we're going to reach out and we're going to love people, it's command to us. The Bible tells us in Scripture says, a new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. In other words, he commands us to, to love one another, to, to respect one another. And the times that we're living today, through the sickness, through the virus, to all that we, I don't even want to, I don't want to bore you with it. But you know, it has been so much division that, that, that even the church has, has been bombarded by, by division. And, and we need to understand that that's what the devil wants to accomplish in the ministries. You know, he, he's conquering the world already. He, he, the, the world is being split. It's been divided. By, you know, you're either this or that and so on. But also the devil somehow is infiltrating and, 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 and penetrating the, the, the house of God, his home. And, and what happened is it's causing that division. But the Bible commands us to, to love one another, to encourage one another, to pick each other up. It doesn't matter what background you come from. It doesn't matter what, what, what party you belong to. It doesn't matter. What, what matter is that we, if we gather together, we have one thing in common. That's to worship God, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what brings us together. Let me begin, let me, let, let me, let me begin by making these two observations. We are to love others as Jesus loves us. Now, how does Jesus love us? many ways he cares about us he provides for us he give us joy and purpose he was willing to die for us this is the same level of commitment we are to have if we are to love as jesus love our love for others indicates our love for god you know what people want to uh jesus said that people will recognize that we are his disciples by the love we show for one another. When people see the love we have, they will see that God is living inside of us. Now, how, can, how could Jesus come in? How can Jesus demonstrate such a high level of love? Jesus demonstrated love for three basic reasons. Because he had, number one, nothing to prove. He had nothing to prove in, the, in that, that he knew who he was and what he was about. In other words, he had nothing to prove. I'm, I know why, why I'm here, and I know my purpose why I'm here. So there's nothing to prove at all. And in other words, if you're going to love God, you also have to love his creation, to love people. And the next thing, he had, he had nothing, nothing to lose. He had nothing to lose in that he already knew that his destiny was the cross. And after that, the right hand of the Father. He had nothing to prove. 
he had nothing to lose and then he had nothing to hide. He had nothing to hide in that he came to proclaim himself as the savior of the world. You hang with me for more. You know, you know I'm going somewhere. He had nothing to prove. He had nothing to lose. And he had nothing to hide. We as disciples of Christ are able to demonstrate the same level of love. We have nothing to prove because, because we know who we are in Christ. And who we know, and we know that our purpose as Christians is to love others into the kingdom. In other words, you need to, you have nothing to prove because you know who you are in Christ. And number two, you, you want to love people into the kingdom of God. That's the main purpose. Jesus commanded us to do that. To love one another too. In spite of what we're going through, in spite of what we're facing right now, the number one thing is to understand that we, we need to encourage people into the kingdom of God, especially now as that, that day draws near. I believe the coming of the Lord is closer than we can even imagine. I really believe that. I believe the Lord, I believe that trump is going to sound pretty much maybe in our lifetime. And we better be ready. And we have nothing to lose. Because we know that our destiny is eternal salvation. You see, in other words, when you understand that your destiny is not this world, but your destiny is another world. It is to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That when you understand you have nothing to lose. Jesus has nothing to lose. So he commanded us, you have nothing to lose as well. But we have nothing to hide. Because... We are not ashamed to proclaim to the world that saving message of our Savior and to proclaim Him as our Lord. No, you know what? There's no shame telling people you love Jesus. There should be no shame telling people that you love the Lord, that, that you are a Christian and you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, you should not be ashamed of that. Well, Pastor, will I be persecuted? No, you don't know. You have no clue what persecution is. You go to another world country. You go to Afghanistan. You go to North Korea. You go, you, 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 then you know what persecution is. But I think we need to rise up and understand and listen that, that we have nothing to hide as, as Christian believers that we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That is telling the world, listen, my friend, let me, let me tell you this. That is showing the world that Jesus, that God matters to you. It's telling the world that God is important to you. What I'm getting to, to, this, to this is this, that we, are, that we are able to obey Jesus' command in John 13, 35, 35. That he has given us the ability to love as he loves. He has shown us how to give in his, in his own example. And he has equipped us with the Holy Spirit. So we have the command and we have the ability to have love for people. Man, you have, as a child of the living God, as a child ser serving the Lord and giving your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to love people. People, and, 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 and trust me. If you live long enough, how many know people get in your nerves? How many know not, not everybody's easy to get along with? Not everybody 
is easy to, to get along with. But how do you know that we need to love people? But that leads us to an important question. How do I know if I'm living an authentic, loving relationship with others? How can I be sure I'm living up to Jesus' command? Now, to answer that question, let us take a few moments and consider this. Loving relationship is tested. In John 15, we find four tests of friendship. Friends do for each other. Friends do for each other. The Bible tells us, tell us, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down, someone laid down his life for his friend. Now, that sounds a little drastic when Jesus said that the greatest way to show love for our friends is to die for them. The disciples didn't quite understood that at all, that he was, that it was about to take place. But, but very soon, they will find out that Jesus was quite literally going to lay down his life for them and to prove his greatest level of friendship, intimacy. Jesus is saying that we are to go beyond the average, beyond the norm, beyond what is expected in our, in our relationship. In this case, even be willing to lay down our life for the benefit of others if that becomes necessary. Think about it for a moment. I hope we never come to that extreme, but I tell you what Jesus said. You know what? If it takes you laying your life down for somebody else, for the gospel... Man, do it. An amazing statement. An amazing statement. The disciples didn't grab it at that moment, but they realized later that Jesus was literally laying his own life for them. Jackie Robinson was the first black baseball player in the major leagues. It was during the playoff in every city. Jackie went to, went to, he was boo from the stands because of his color. In fact, in front of his own home crowd in Brooklyn, when, when they were the Brooklyn Dodgers, Jackie made an error at second base, and the crowd began to boo. And Jackie felt that terrible feeling within himself of not being liked because of the color of his skin. Pee Wee Reese was a shortstop. And in that moment of the crowd booing Jackie Robinson, Pee Wee Reese left his position, went over to second base, stood beside Jackie Robinson, and put his arms around him. Jackie Robinson said it was that one gesture of friendship that saved his career. In other words, willing to lay down his own life for one another, willing to care for one another, willing to, to go to the extraordinary just because of friendship. Jesus said that that is the first test. In other words, you go out of your way and help people. You go out of your way. In other words, if we're going to reach this generation, if we're going to further our, the kingdom of God, we need to understand that we need to love people. Not only that, but he said friends share with each other. 
The Bible tells us, no longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friend. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus said that when he was, when we are friends, we will confine with one another. We talk to each other. We are open with each other. Very vulnerable, very transparent. He said, I don't talk to you like a servant. I talk to you like a friend. I talk to you like people I really love. I share, I share, I share openly with you. My best friend in life is my, my wife, Pastor Teresa. And the longer we have been married, the easier it has been to open, openly share our feelings with one another. If something exciting happens to my life, something happens, a great news that I find out about, you know, something exciting happened, you know, she's the first person I want to tell about it. Not the lady in the office with a mini mini skirt. Oh, come on. You want me to preach now? You want me to go there now? I'm not talking about that guy in the workplace that you share all your problems with. I'm talking about your spouse. You talk to your spouse first before you talk to anybody else about what's happening in your life first. And then we have less problems that we're having today. Oh, come on. You don't want me to preach on that right now. In the church of Jesus Christ, our sorrows is, your sorrow is my sorrow. Your joy is my joy. Your tears are my tears. When, when, you, when one celebrates, we all celebrate. In other words, we're on this together. We're a family in the kingdom of God. When you're going through a struggle, when you're going through a pain, we all as a congregation feel that pain. When you, when you accomplish something great, we as a congregation celebrate with you. In other words, we need to learn to love one another, share one another, support one another, encourage one another for the kingdom of God so people can see that we love God. People will see how we treat each other. How we treat each other. People, you know what? If the world looks at the church, in the world looks at the, at the church, that they're divided. They talk about each other. They, they, they backstab each other. If the, if the world looks at the church doing that, they're going to, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with that. And, and, and sometimes we as the church, instead of, Helping the kingdom of God, we are hurting the kingdom of God. Because the church should be the place where people can find refuge. Where the church needs to be the place when people find hope. The church needs to be the place when they can come with their burdens and their guilt and their sin. And come to a church not to find condemnation, but to find restoration in their, in their hearts, in their lives. That there's hope for them in the house of God. We ain't going to judge you. We're going to love you. We're going to encourage you all the way to the kingdom of God. Woo! That's what we need to do. Friends love. Friends love the same thing. The Bible tells us these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your, your joy may be full. This, this is my command, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
He said, I, will, I, I want you to love as I love you. If we are in a relationship with each other, we are going to love the same things. Now, of course, there are always some different likes and dislikes. But as a Christian, we all have one thing in common. We're all in love with Jesus Christ. We all have one thing in common. Is that we love Jesus Christ. That as we gather here this morning, that we have one thing in common. And that is to magnify, that is to love, that is to serve, that is to follow, that, that is to surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, Eric. That, that surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, how else could such a diverse group of people across the centuries, across different boundaries, across language barriers, and still have an unbroken thread of intimacy, friendship? Because we are able to do this because our command love for Jesus Christ. Man, look at our congregation this morning. We have uh, all kinds of, you know, of different ethnic groups in our ministry. It's not just one group of people. You know, but, but we have one thing in common. It's to love Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you come from Puerto Rico, from Mexico, from Honduras, or Salvador, or, or, or you come from Plant City, or you're from Mulberry, or from Dover, from Lakeland. It doesn't matter where you come from, from winter heaven, it, it, that, Kissville. There's such thing as Kissville? Kissville. I tell, it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is that we all love Jesus Christ, that we all have one thing in common, and that is to magnify, to love Jesus. Man, when we, when we get that, when we get a hold of that, it changes our ministry ministry is changing because people see the love for one another the encouragement for one another we're able to do this because of Jesus I'm, I'm, I'm hurrying he says you are you are my friend if you do what I commend you friends please each other nothing to make us happier than being able to fulfill the request of one that we love Jesus said if we are literally his friend, we will do what he commands. Now, do we do what he commands simply because he commands it? No. He commands is enough. But we want to make it a deeper level than that. What well, we do, what he commands because we want to please him. Not because he's forcing me to do it. I want to do it because you want to please the Lord Jesus Christ. And we desire to please each other through authentic, loving relationship. Friends thrive to please each other. And now how does all that we, that we've talked about so far fits into our core values? How does this that we just discussed the past few moments fits into our core values? We believe that loving relationship should permanate every aspect of our church life. Let's answer this quick, quickly this morning. I'm, I'm almost finished. Loving relationship practice. 
At Mount Zion, God comes first. At Mount Zion, God comes first. In this church, we value our relationship to God. As first and foremost. But our relationship to each other benefits as we each grow closer to God. As we come closer to God, our relationship among us gets stronger. Because we're pointing, we're pointing to our God. So we become stronger with each other. This is why we put so much emphasis and we'll continue to put so much emphasis on the spiritual discipline of, of prayer and Bible studies and reading. Because the more we fall in love with God, the more we fall in love with each other. That we encourage each other. At Mount Zion, people comes before programs. We are more interested in being a healing community than we are in having the, the slickest, better programs in town. How I many know that you can have the nicest toys, the nicest technology, but if you don't have God, you have nothing. God has called us to minister to the world that is dying without Christ. If the, if the programming we have in place assists us in fulfilling God's mission to people, then we'll continue with our programs. But if our programs do not help us to fulfill our mission that God has called us, then that program will fall by the wayside. In other words, we need to do things that are working to reach the kingdom of God. At Mount Zion, community is central. I'm almost done. The Bible tells us this, I do not ask for this only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they will all be one just as you. Father are in me, and I am in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be able, even as we are one, in them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. Jesus is Jesus called to, to community. A prayer that we might be unified in the same way that the Father and Son are unified. You know what? In other words, if the church is not unified, even in your own home, if, if you and your wife are not having a good day, how I many know nobody's having a good day? How I many know in my, like in my house, if my wife is not having a good day, even the dog's having a bad day? I'm telling you, I, I'd rather be happy than be right. I've learned that many years ago. I don't always have to be right. I'd rather be happy. I don't want to sleep at night with one night open, one eye open at night, you know. It, it, it's the same thing with the church. It's the fellowship, unified the church. The, there was a heart stirring, stirring moment in the in the Special Olympics a few years ago. The Special Olympics in a forum where were mentally challenged and handicapped people engaged in a sporting event. At this particular Special Olympics, the young, the young people will line up to race around the track. During the course of the race, 
a mentally challenged young person slip and fell. The others in the race stopped, turned around, and went back to help their fallen companion to his feet. And then they ran shoulder to shoulder around the track with all of them finishing in first place together. You know what? That's what church should be like. That we're all working together to, to cross the finish line. And that is what is the finish line to make it to heaven someday. That is the finish line. In other words, don't get mad at your mama for calling you to go to church. Don't get upset at the preacher if he texts you, where are you been? Go to church. Don't, don't get mad at somebody of our church if they reach out to you to go to church. It's because we are on this together. In other words, if you fall off the wagon, I'm going to pick you up, get back on the wagon. That, that, that's what we're trying to say. We're on this together. We need to pick up the phone nowadays. You know what? And, or text somebody and say, listen, where have you been? It's time to get back. We need to see your face once again. We need to see each other once again in the house of God because it's time. It's time. That is a picture of the kind of community I believe Jesus was talking about. A community where love is shared. And we move through through life together. Man, we're, we're going through this. Listen, we, our church, people are experiencing some challenges right now. It's a church and we feel the burdens. Even as pastors, I've talked to many friends of mine who are pastors. Man, they're all trying to navigate through all this stuff that is happening. So many changes, so many sickness, so many death taking place. But we have to get through this together. To this together. This is what we're called as a church. Get up on your feet for a moment as we close this morning. Hallelujah. In our day and age, there is some, there might be some confusing as to who is responsible for what. But let there be no confusion that this church, when it comes to loving relationships, man, that we need to get back to what we started. To what we know works that is loving people for the kingdom of God all of you are important to Mount Zion all of you are important to this ministry all of you make part of what this church is and when you're not here let me tell you this when you're not here when you're not here present the word you're telling the world that really God doesn't matter your presence are important your presence is important you need to be in church make it to church be faithful because we're responsible to one another we encourage one another amen once you bow your heads for a moment if you want to lift your hands sing a song pastor eric come on let's worship the lord as we're dismissing a moment here
Hallelujah. Well, listen, we, if you're a first-time guest, if this is your first time here, maybe first time in a long time, man, we would, like, we would like to reconnect with you. If you take a moment and right in front of the chairs, the QR, fill it out, scan the QR, will take you to a tab that says, I'm new. Fill that visitor card, e-card. You can do it on the behind the chair. There's a card, fill it out. See one of our ladies in the foyer would like to. We just have a special gift for you. But man, be here as we continue next Sunday on, on core values of our church. Man, you don't want you don't want to miss next Sunday. You do not want to miss next Sunday. It's gonna be awesome. So God is faithful, amen.